Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 51. We're going to have a lot of fun in episode 51. I know, it's stuff, it's stupid and childish, but I'm going with it. Why not? All right. Hey, first of all, thank you very much for a couple of the messages I received from friends in support of what I'm doing, uh, especially friends in the industry, understanding where I've come from. Uh, one person actually said they have to keep their mouth shut too. So I appreciate everyone understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing. I got a couple of messages saying, you know, you should just keep your mouth shut, but whatever. It's, it's all the industry, you know, that's just that, that wonderful, tolerant industry we call entertainment. All right. In this episode, the title of the episode is called The Devil You Know. Think about that for just a second. And let me tell you where it came from. I'm watching a show called Special Ops Lioness. It's a great show, by the way. It's got Zoe Zaldana. It's got... Nicole Kidman, Morgan Freeman, uh, you know, a great, great cast of great actors. What the show is about is a special ops team that recruits lionesses, these women that go deep undercover. They, They put them in the special ops team, they train them intensely, and then they put them into very dangerous situations under deep, deep cover. And oftentimes the cover is so deep, they can't get them out. So they're really kind of on their own at a certain point. They, they can extract them if, if there's opportunity for warning and not a huge fight to get out. But there are sometimes, if you'll watch in the series, where sometimes the lioness has to be taken out because otherwise she's going to be tortured and raped and put through absolute hell. And it's, it's horrific to watch. But it's, it's a really interesting show. Uh, I will warn parents and, and people that are, are you know, religious and, and don't watch like R-rated movies. Um, there is violence. There is language. And there is a little bit of nudity, not much. But uh, just to be forewarned, there is going to be that. But it's a really fascinating show. The reason why I'm using this expression, the devil you know, in the last episode I watched on Saturday... And yes, I know the show is really on Sunday, but uh, that's the only time I could get around to it. And I watch it on streaming service, I think Paramount Plus. But they were in the last of this mission. And they, a lot of the people, Morgan Freeman and other people portraying the leaders of the country were in the situation room. And they're watching this op live. They have confirmed that the terrorist that they've been after for 40 years is there in person. And at that time, and and the lioness is is buried deep in this organization and has come to this place where this terrorist is going to be and will confirm it and then, you know, all that. Well, two of the people get up, Morgan Freeman and and, uh, one other actor, Bruce McGill. And they're playing the Secretary of State and Secretary of Defense. Or I don't know exactly what their titles are, but they're sitting around, in, around this table in the Situation Room, and they're obviously the two in charge. And they get up and start talking about how they need to end this mission. They need to pull the lioness out and keep this terrorist alive. Because one of the actors talks to the other and says, this is the devil we know. 
meaning they know about this terrorist. They know where he is most of the time. Yes, he has caused many acts of terror over the years, but he also oversees a pretty big chunk of oil coming to the market. And if they take him out, like this whole operation was designed to do, that they really are going to disrupt the market. And it's best just to keep this guy alive and allow him to do the terror thing, but also not disrupt this oil market. And it got me thinking, there are things in all of our lives that we allow to remain because it's what we're familiar with. Just to give you an idea of going back in our government, there are things, I don't know if you know or not, during the Clinton presidency, Osama bin Laden was known to be a terrorist and everyone knew he was organizing a terrorist group called Al-Qaeda. And at one time, there was a clear opportunity to take him out. They had intelligence that said he was in a certain place at a certain time. There was proof that he was there, and we had the opportunity to take him out. And for whatever reason, the Clinton administration or the intelligence agency at the time during the Clinton administration decided not to take him out. Had we taken out Osama bin Laden, could it have prevented 9-11? Possibly. Maybe someone would have stepped up and continued the training, but we'll never know. And unfortunately, there are other things that we basically look at as the devil you know. I've played numerous clips of our current president. Everyone has known that he has been a liar and a plagiarist. He had to drop out of two presidential races because he was caught plagiarizing other speeches. And he lies constantly. His latest just happened in Vietnam, or it may have been in Alaska on his way back. But he said that he was there the day after 9-11 and stood and looked as if he was looking into the gates of hell at Ground Zero in New York. Listen, listen, I'll let you listen for yourself. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. Joe Biden's own biography <laughs> places him in Washington, D.C. the day after 9-11. So uh, all the times he lies, they're just easily provable, wrong, and he still lies. But he is the devil they knew. The Democrat Party knew about Joe Biden's propensity to lie and plagiarize, but they put all their weight behind him because they saw him as the only chance to beat Donald Trump. And if you look at the vitriol and hatred aimed towards Donald Trump, the real reason why this happened is because Donald Trump came as a surprise to everyone. Everyone thought he was this bombastic uh, real estate tycoon and TV personality that was famous for, you're fired. You know, that's basically all they knew about Donald Trump. Turns out he ended up being a very effective leader and was starting to expose the deep state and the government behind the government, basically running everything. See, Joe Biden's just a puppet. He will say anything that they put on a teleprompter in front of him. That's it. 
He has no morals or standards of his own. He has no beliefs of his own. He will go wherever the wind blows. And that's what they needed at the head of the executive branch during this time. And the reason why everyone was so shocked and screaming to the heavens and bawling and just having these insane reactions to Donald Trump being elected is because this is what everyone, including the people on the, on the right and the left, everyone thought was going to happen in the 2016 election. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Um, that's not going to happen. Donald Trump will not be called president. He's not going to be president. He is not. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. Okay. I guarantee it. All right. I think that man will be president of the United States right about the time that spaceships come down filled with dinosaurs and red capes. I'm not surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. He will never be president of the United States. You're not going to be president, all right? Donald Trump will never, ever be president of the United States. So you can see, absolutely no one thought Donald Trump was going to win. And they convinced all of their supporters, all of the Hillary supporters, don't worry, don't worry, it's in the bag. Hillary's so far up, Donald Trump has no chance of winning. Remember, I told you I worked at a place in New York City, and two liberal women were talking at the water fountain, so to speak, uh, about how they felt kind of bad, honestly, for for Donald Trump, because he was just going to get humiliated. Hillary Clinton is just going to win by such a landslide, it's just going to be embarrassing. And that's when I leaned in and said, you realize Donald Trump's going to win don't you? And they thought I was insane. Uh, But I traveled all over the country, and I could tell you outside of those liberal metropolitan bubbles, everything was Trump-Pence signs everywhere you looked, on every yard. And the reason why is Donald Trump wasn't a politician. People are sick and tired of politicians. So back to my topic, the devil you know. Everyone thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, And they were okay with that. Yes, they knew about her uh, stint with Secretary of State and Benghazi and and that the Clintons were pretty corrupt and all that. But that's okay. They wanted that first woman president and she was known by everybody. Donald Trump was unknown. What does this have to do with your life? Now, go with me a little bit here. You might have to stretch a little. But you have things in your life that you know are bad, that you know are wrong, but you keep doing them. You have an addiction and you're not willing to accept that you have an addiction. You have an abusive spouse and it's just what you've gotten used to, whether it's verbally abusive or heaven forbid, physically abusive. And I, I still to this day don't understand why women will stay with an abusive boyfriend. Is it the devil you know? You know it? Or do you actually think that you're not good enough for anything else. Think about that. When you have an addiction, no matter what it is, do you not do anything about it because you don't think you deserve to have a good, clean, sober life? I think a lot of things, when we refer to the devil you know, are familiarity or complacency. 
I think I talked about this in one of my podcasts, probably one of my first podcasts, was that complacency is one of the devil's strongest tools. There was a, I don't know, I don't remember exactly where it was, but there was an interview and someone was saying, you know, what do all these things recommend? Well, this is hate. This is uh, envy. This is spite. This is, you know, all these little instruments and tools that the devil had lying around him and had one tool on the other side of him. And everybody referred to all these, you know, sins that the devil had in his arsenal to get people to fall. And the interviewer turned to the other side and said, so why is there only one thing on that side? He says, oh, I could get rid of all other, every other one of my tools, everything on this side of me, I could get rid of completely as long as I had this. And the interviewer said, well, what is that? And he says, complacency. When you get to a point of complacency in your life, that means you're not growing. That means you're just kind of, eh, I'm going to just float from now on. I'm just going to coast. And that is when things fall apart. Just as everyone assumed Hillary Clinton was going to win the 2016 election. So they floated. They just sat there in complete comfort and complete um, joy and happiness, knowing that everything was going to be exactly as they thought it was. And when things didn't turn out the way they thought, they freaked out. The entire country lost its mind the next day and weeks and months after that election. Why? Because the country, and particularly those on the left, were complacent. They were completely secure in their belief that they were right. And everyone else was wrong. And when they were proven wrong, they couldn't handle it. Here's my advice to anyone who's going through all of this and, and, and wondering why I'm talking about this. We know certain things are dangerous. We know, and you can see signs of things that warn you. But if you choose to ignore those signs and science and all that, and you get into a place where you can no longer have a choice, that's what addiction is. When you're addicted to tobacco or alcohol or drugs, you no longer have the free agency of whether or not to take those substances anymore. You're addicted. And even though when you were a child and now we know all of those things are dangerous and in many cases deadly, but we take them anyway. Why? Why do we do that? Why do we, knowing that smoking kills hundreds of thousands of people a year, why do people start smoking? Knowing drugs kill hundreds of thousands of people a year, why do people take drugs? When you are dating someone and you can see they have a serious anger issue, why do you stay with them? I believe, going back to the original title of this podcast, The Devil You Know, we become so complacent with the way things are in our lives that we don't do anything to change. And that is probably one of the most dangerous things that we can possibly do with our lives is become so complacent, we don't have any desire to change or improve. One of the biggest things I see today with people's being complacent and not looking elsewhere or desiring to change is the way many people in this country see the media. The media are now propagandists, either on the right or the left. 
There's no one source of truth like back with Walter Cronkite. You know, they just reported the news back then. That's it. That's all they did without bias, without opinion. They just reported the news as it was, as it came in. We don't have that anymore. We have panels where they discuss different opinions. And some, sometimes that's good, but also other times it leaves so many things open to interpretation that there's no real settlement on facts. And what's happening is we are becoming a uneducated, ill-informed public. Our founding fathers created this republic. And when someone asked Benjamin Franklin, what is it? And he says, it is a republic if they can keep it. One of the conditions of keeping a constitutional republic government is an informed public, an informed constituency. People are supposed to do their own research. They're supposed to not believe everything on face value because now, like I said, everything's opinionated. Everything's propaganda. You know, let's take, for instance, January 6th versus Lafayette Park. Why am I mentioning this? Well, the legacy media basically made one of these dates the most horrific, unsettling, democracy-ending, threatening, akin to terrorism, while the other event they ignored and just kind of wrote off as no big deal. January 6th is called the worst event since 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. And I mentioned in my other podcast, that's just asinine. But what they're not talking about is the riots that happened outside the White House at Lafayette Park during the Trump presidency. They were far worse than January 6th. Let me just give you some statistics. So depending on where you look, NPR, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, they're all going to tell you that January 6th was one of the worst, most violent events in U.S. history. And they'll say anywhere from five to seven people died that day. And, you know, millions of dollars of damage was done. And here's the actual statistics, okay? Now, oh, by the way, if you go read a lot of these articles now, they've been updated because so many people complained and said that their facts were wrong. Now it looks like, like I'm reading from NPR, five people died during or soon after the riot. See, they used to say five people were killed that day. That is not true. One person, Ashley Babbitt, was shot in the neck by a Capitol Hill police officer. One woman, I believe, was trampled to death uh, later on in that day. And then three or four, I know Officer Sicknick, Brian Sicknick, died the next day or the day after because of a stroke. And the, even the family said it, it was a medical reason why he died. He didn't die on January 6th. And there, I think there's been three other officers that have committed suicide since then. And they blame all of that on January 6th. And the number of people charged federally is 1,150. Number of people who have pled guilty, 667. Number of individuals who have had jury bench or stipulated bench trials, 143. 
Number with mixed verdicts, 41. Number of convicted on all charges, 100. Number of acquittals, 2. Number of people sentenced, 648. Uh, Percentage of people sentenced to have received prison time, 64. The median sentences for those who receive prison time in days, 120 days. Number of cases dismissed, 6 federal cases. So basically, after January 6th, this Department of Justice launched the largest criminal investigation in U.S. history. They even arrested a 57-year-old grandma who walked through the Capitol for about 10 minutes. She was sentenced to prison. And I told you they have held some of the January 6th rioters in a part of the D.C. prison that has been abandoned and closed down. It was a psych ward of the old prison. And the paint's peeling off the walls. The water, water barely runs. They were fed one meal a day. This is how they were treated for daring to go to that protest. Now, some of the people, some of the Oath Keepers and some of the Proud Boys that actually committed violence and that actually stole property and that actually damaged property, they deserve punishment. But just like I said last In my last podcast, the difference between a guy who ran over a Republican teenager, got five years in prison, and a man who wasn't even at the Capitol, but was the head of the Proud Boys, Barrios, I think his last name is, he was sentenced to 22 years in prison. And it looks like about, it it was 80, but I've looked up an article and there's, they've, they've amended that to 114. So 114 U.S. Capitol police officers reported injuries as a result of the attacks on January 6th. And what's interesting to note is a lot of the Capitol Hill police officers, when they were being interviewed, felt that they couldn't use force because they thought they would be looked down upon and maybe face charges based on using brute force to try and defend themselves and the Capitol. I believe that belief of the police officers is because of the George Floyd riots. And uh, that is what the riot was protesting in Lafayette Park. And this was back in June. Now, in the riots that happened at Lafayette Park, there were 155 officers injured. 60 Secret Service officers were injured. And I don't know if there were any deaths. I've heard that there were, but I haven't been able to confirm that, so I'm not going to say definitively yes or no. But there are no arrests happening with the protesters at Lafayette Park. And the, the protests got so violent, they were setting police cars on fire. They were uh, going right up to the gates of the White House, basically, up the fence of the White House. And it got so bad at one time. For the first time since the 1800s, the president and his family had to be moved to the bunker under the White House for their safety. But again, no one talks about this. No one says this was, you know, a big uh, riot or anything. They said it was a peaceful protest. All the reports you'll see from the news, this was a peaceful protest. And Eventually, it got so bad that they had to call the National Guards. I think 5,000 National Guard troops showed up. They had to use tear gas, batons, horses. And of course, everybody talks about them clearing the path so Donald Trump could take that photo in front of the church 
that was burned down. And all of this was called a peaceful protest. But the Capitol 6th or the uh, January 6th riots at the Capitol is called an insurrection. And the worst, most violent attack on our democracy since Pearl Harbor, since 9-11. Some people have actually said it's worse than 9-11. And like I said, that's just asinine. So going back to my original topic, the devil you know. When you hear reports in the news, it is your responsibility as U.S. citizens, as independent thinking U.S. citizens, to question that information, to go and look up the information for yourself. Because we now know with 100% certainty and proof that there is no middle-of-the-ground reporting. It's all opinionated, either right or left, and it's all propaganda. And we've got to stop being complacent in believing that what we are hearing is truth that they would not dare lie to us. They would not dare deceive us. They would not dare give us misinformation or disinformation. Or remember in my a couple of podcasts ago, malinformation. Malinformation, at, for those of you who have not listened to that podcast, malinformation is a new topic of information. And what it is, is something that is true, but is dangerous. To know. That is mal-information. And then go back to my original statement or, or a, few, a few podcasts ago where I talked about how the reason why Donald Trump is being attacked so mercilessly is because he's a threat to the deep state. He's a threat. He promises he's going to expose them all. Just like I said in my uh, original teaser podcast, about two and a half minute number. It's my first, first episode where I talked about, I intend to expose them all. And I am trying to do that. I do a lot of digging and sometimes it comes up with nothing. But uh, most of the time I can really figure out what's going on by doing a lot of research. I have gotten to the point in my life where I believe nothing that is reported. Absolutely nothing. I listen to something on the news and I go, huh, okay, that's interesting. And then I go research for myself and I watch all kinds of news. In the morning when I'm doing breakfast, I watch News Mix, which has, you know, I, I think I said this before. It's got CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and BBC. And I flip, you know, around through those stations just to see what each side is talking about with that particular issue. I would encourage every single one of you to do the same. Do not take anything at face value anymore. We can no longer do that and remain an informed constitutional republic. And like I said in the other podcasts, and especially last one, when everyone on the left is saying that, it, that something is a threat to democracy and they're defending our democracy, they're not talking about democracy. They're talking about democratic control. All right? Okay. So if you agree or disagree with anything I just said, and I know it's a lot of stuff and I kind of jumbled a lot of things together, that's kind of where, where my brain is today. Write me, drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. Okay, a quick other couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, number one, congratulations, America. The U.S.-Mexican border 
is now rated the single most dangerous and deadly border between any two countries anywhere in the world. Let that sink in. Anywhere in the world. Not, it's the, the most dangerous borders, not between two, um, you know, uh, Middle East countries or in African countries or in Russia and one of their neighboring countries. No, that's not considered the most dangerous border. The most dangerous border in the entire world is the American-Mexican border. So just think. How many women and children have been raped by cartels trying to get to our southern border? How many people have died of drug overdoses from drugs trafficked by the cartels into our country? How many terrorists have come into our country from our southern border? Uh, the latest statistics say they've apprehended 160 in this fiscal year. 160 known terrorists on the terrorist watch list have been apprehended at our border. So if 160 have been apprehended, let's just go one-to-one. -one. We now have 160 new terrorists inside our country. And I've mentioned before, last year it was 140-something, and before that it was 90-something. It has gone up steadily every single year Joe Biden has been in office. And this is happening on purpose. This is happening to increase violent crime to increase mass shootings. Why? Because those that want control want to initiate martial law, and they want to take our guns. And that is what happens with every dictatorial society and evil dictator in world history. Every single dictator, every single autocrat that wants total control, the first thing they do is take control of the media and control the narrative. Then they take away the citizens' rights to defend themselves. They create, and I, I'm not saying all of these mass shootings have been created, but I believe some of them have on purpose to get people to say, oh my gosh, there's a mass shooting every day now. We need to ban guns. That's exactly what they want you to say. That's exactly how they want you to feel. And I think I discussed this in another podcast, but I'm going to do it one other time because it's important for you to know. 10, 15 years ago, I don't know exactly when it was, the definition of mass shooting changed. It used to be four or more killed, not including the shooter. That was the definition of a mass shooting. Okay. Now the definition of a mass shooting is four or more shot or killed, including the shooter. So you can see, if you actually look at that, it's going to change those statistics dramatically. So up until the 90s, we only had like three or four or five mass shootings. And that included the guy up on the bell tower at the University of Texas. That included um, Columbine, all of that. But then they changed the definition. And that's why all the time now there are mass shootings, because it is four or more shot or killed, including the shooter. So if someone goes into a school or goes into a store or something and shoots four people, they all survive. 
then shoots themselves, that is considered a mass shooting. Whereas before, the definition of a mass shooting had to have four people die in one incident, not including the shooter. So the numbers are definitely way higher than they should be if they kept the definition of mass shooting the same. In fact, things have gotten so bad, the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Lujan Grisham, has decided that it is her right and responsibility to suspend the Constitution with constitutional um, conceal carry and open carry laws in New Mexico. She is trying to say, well, actually, she was trying to say, she has amended it, and I'll tell you what she did recently, but what she really wanted to do was make it impossible for anyone to conceal carry or open carry a gun anymore unless you were our police officer. That is the only people she wants to carry guns. Gosh, that kind of sounds like a gun grab or, you know, maybe uh, restricting private ownership of guns. That's kind of crazy, right? Now, recently, she has amended that. She says, I have amended the public health order to specify that you cannot carry guns in city parks or playgrounds in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County. I respect the judge's decision on the last public order, but I am far from done fighting to protect New Mexicans. And I responded, you, you mean you're far from done trying to subvert the Constitution? The level of your arrogance is impressive. You think you know more than our founding fathers did? You see, they foresaw people like you. And she's obviously having a real problem understanding that tricky little phrase in the Second Amendment that says, shall not be infringed. Again, my friends, this is all happening on purpose. And we have to stop it. I saw a really funny meme about this the other day. Uh, someone posted in response to the uh, New Mexico governor. Uh, it says, we must ban guns now. Only cops should have guns. And the other person responded, okay, all right, well, let's ban fire extinguishers too. I mean, only fire departments and firemen should have fire extinguishers and be allowed to put out fires, right? You know, it kind of makes the same sense. And again, they want to take the guns. Mark my word, don't, don't even sugarcoat this. They don't want to just take assault rifles. They want to take all guns. And the people that are ignorant, screaming to the heavens that the, the guns must be banned or that we must ban assault rifles and that Joe Biden's assault, assault rifle ban in 1994 was so effective. And actually, if you look at the, the statistics, the FBI said there was negligible difference like very, very, very little difference in what happened after those assault rifles were banned. One of the reasons is you cannot get a Democrat or liberal to give you the definition of an assault rifle. They cannot tell you specifically what an assault rifle is. They keep trying to ban the AR-15. The AR-15, they think AR stands for assault rifle. It doesn't. It stands for Armalite. Rifle. That's the name of the company that made it. All right. And there are all kinds of little attachments you can do and add to the AR 15 and make it look like an automatic weapon, but it is not an automatic weapon. It is a semi automatic weapon, the same as a pistol that has a 15 bullet magazine 
that you put in the, the butt of the gun and you cock it and you can pull it 15 times as fast as your finger can pull. That's a single shot per pull. That's semi-automatic. And that's what they're trying to ban because they look so mean and they look so aggressive. That's why they want to ban them. They don't want to ban the hunting rifles that don't look very dangerous. They're, they're all, you know, the wood and the, and the metal and, and you just, you know, you cock that one bullet in and you shoot the deer. That, that's okay because that doesn't look mean. But the ones that have all the little attachments and the, and the big magazines and all that, that's dangerous. That's, that's a dangerous gun. What they don't understand is their ignorance is causing the confusion and uprising, I guess you could say, in the calls to ban guns. And like I said, it's being done on purpose. They're making all of these things look like they're happening all the time and making people exasperated in calling for, we must ban guns. And they just want everyone to go along with that because they want total control. And if an unarmed public is easy to control, an armed public is very hard to control. And that's why they want to restrict and ban guns, because they want to take control. All right, recently, um, the DNC and their puppet masters <laughs> have told all media to go after Republicans and use these talking points that Kevin McCarthy started this impeachment, you know, without any evidence. Let me clarify some things. Number one, Kevin McCarthy has declared and started an impeachment inquiry. I know it's hard for Democrats to understand what that is because they didn't do an impeachment inquiry when they impeached Donald Trump for that phone call with Zelensky. They just impeached because Nancy Pelosi rules with an iron fist. And if she has the votes, she impeaches. Even though it was completely acquitted out of the, through the Senate and Donald Trump was not removed from office, all of the DNC are now telling all of the news sources to use these talking points that Kevin McCarthy started this impeachment with no evidence. No evidence? Okay, and again, number one, it's an impeachment inquiry, which allows the impeachment committees and, and investigative committees to subpoena witnesses, gain more information, gain access to bank accounts, all of the things they couldn't do until they started an, an official impeachment inquiry. But the left wants you to be convinced that there's no evidence against Joe Biden that he did anything wrong. Nothing. Nothing at all. Okay, so we have evidence of $20 million in bank accounts going into 19 to 20 shell companies being divvied out between nine Biden family members. We have Joe Biden showing up the Cafe Milano to have direct meetings with Hunter Biden's clients. We have evidence uh, from people that know and were in the meetings that Joe Biden called in or was called in by Hunter Biden to talk to potential business partners of Hunter's more than 20 times. We know that Hunter Biden, in his own videos, talked about how it sucked having to pay half, give half of his money to the old man uh, and the bills he had to pay. He had to pay the repair bills on the um, Delaware home that Hunter Biden was staying in. Incidentally, it's the same home 
that the classified documents were in the garage next to the Corvette. All of that and Joe Biden having classified documents in his home, in his Rehoboth home, in the University of Delaware, in the Biden Penn Center, uh, in downtown D.C., all of these things. No, we don't have any evidence that directly links Joe Biden at all. And like I said in a previous podcast, no, you're not going to find a direct bank account statement saying, Money came from Russia going directly into Joe Biden's private bank account. Joe Biden's an idiot, but he's not that dumb. He knows that he needed to cover all of his bases. And that's why this impeachment inquiry scares the bejesus out of the Democrats, because they know what evidence can be found. They know Once all of that evidence is found and made public, that the entire public will trust Joe Biden and want him to run for re-election even less than they already do. And right now, it's like 70% of not only Republicans, but Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run. They think he's too old. And I, I say it's nothing to do with age. I mean, Donald Trump's 77, three years behind, and he's got all of his mental faculties. Uh, Joe Biden does not. Joe Biden mumbles and bumbles and uh, tells lies and makes up stories and uh, plagiarizes all the time. (laughs) And like I said, Joe Biden, the reason why the Democrats still consider him their number one option is he is the devil they know. Oh, and these two or three new charges against Hunter Biden for the gun charges don't expect anything to happen with these. Number one, Weiss is in the pocket of this administration. He's a part of the DOJ, the corrupt DOJ that's been weaponized, and there is nothing going to happen. And and isn't it ironic that they chose three charges that have nothing to do with Joe? Nothing to do with Joe. So that's the ones they felt comfortable in bringing forward to charge Hunter Biden. And the charges are lying on a weapons form saying that he was not addicted to drugs and buying the gun when he was addicted to drugs and lying to the gun shop owner that he was not addicted. And then and it's for the 38 revolver, too. And I've seen a picture, like I said, of Hunter Biden holding another kind of revolver. It wasn't a 38. That's a that's a revolver, you know, with the with the rotating barrel. The gun that Hunter Biden was holding was like a Ruger or a Glock or something like that. It was it was a different kind of gun. And ironically, he's not being charged for that gun. He's being charged for the 38 special, the one that uh, Bo's wife, when Hunter was having an affair with her after Bo died, um, threw it in a dumpster that was very near a high school. And you know what? The Secret Service went into that dumpster and got that gun. And they went to the gun owner and got the paperwork where Hunter Biden lied. So the Secret Service did their job to protect the people in the White House. But at this time, Hunter Biden wasn't under Secret Service protection. He was being watched by the Secret Service because his father was vice president at the time. So like I said, this is all a smoke and mirror game. This is all so that 
the public will say, well, see, the, the Department of Justice is being fair to both sides. They're charging Hunter Biden, too. They're not only charging Donald Trump with 91 counts, <laughs> 91 indictments. No, we're, we're being fair because we're charging Hunter Biden, too. See, see, we're, we're treating both sides equally. So you can't, you can't accuse us of bias anymore. Okay, one quick note about something that happened recently that, gosh, it's so unpredictable. It, we had no sign, no, no, no hint that something like this would happen. One of the members of the drag, bitch, what do you call them? Drag performers that was uh, kicked out of the Los Angeles Dodgers game and then allowed back and, and given a huge apology and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. It's a bunch of guys who wear clown makeup and wear women's nun habits and defame the church and the cross and Jesus and God. They basically talk against all of it. Well, one of their members was just recently caught uh, doing a lewd act in a public park. Um, he, this, this gentleman, I'm not going to mention his name because I mention I do not give any glory to people that are committing these crimes. I just talk about how shameful it is. This gentleman was caught masturbating for over an hour in broad daylight in a public park. Gosh, it's, that's so weird that that happened. I mean, no one can predict something like this would happen with guys that dress up like clowns in nun habits and make fun of religion and God. No, that, that just doesn't make any sense that, that they would be this deranged and, and this, you know, uh, sexually depraved. Gosh, that's just so weird that that happened, right? Wrong. And lastly, I came on a video that uh, really hit me hard. And it was on the Bill Maher show. He had a guest, uh, Cash Maison, I think his name is. I don't know if it's him or if that's the account that posted this video when it was on Instagram. But I'm going to play it. And I want you to hear what this person says. It makes a lot of sense. People in other parts of the world are not teaching their young children to hate their own country. And if you, if you continue to do this, how is, how is the West going to do in the battle of civilizations? Because that's what we're in, right? The Chinese want to thrive, the Russians want to thrive, and they're teaching their children to be strong, to be confident, to go out there to learn science instead of, you know, equity and diversity. <laughs> Bridge doesn't work very well if it's built on diversity instead of math. So, people think about what he just said. No other country in the entire world is teaching their children to hate their own country. Why? Why are we teaching our children to hate our country? The reason why is they need an entire generation not willing to defend this country. Think about that really hard. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk about all of these smart cities being planned. And I don't know if you know or not, but the line is starting to be built. The $1 trillion housing project in Saudi Arabia. All these things are all being done on purpose. 
And the biggest obstacle to world governance is the United States and its constitution. And if they can create an entire generation or two of American children that hate their country and hate the constitution, they'll be the ones when they get in power in government and corporations to destroy it. And that, my friends, will be the end of freedom. Then it will all be one world governance. And a small group of wealthy individuals will have all the power. And we will all, just as Klaus Schwab says, in the future, you will own nothing and you will be happy. That's because they will own everything. We will only rent. That's what they want. There's another video I'm going to play too next time that talks about what would happen if every single person on the earth had about 200 square meters in which to live and grow their own food. What would happen then? How much space would that actually take out of our world? You'll be shocked when you hear. All right. And then I want to read this quote from George Washington. This was in his farewell address on September 17th. 1796. He warned us about what would happen if unprincipled and evil men rose to power. Listen to this. However, political parties may now and then answer popular ends. They are likely, in the course of time and things, to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. That, my friends, is one of the most prophetic things that George Washington ever said. They knew that when they created this government, there was a chance that in the future, if enough unprincipled, immoral, evil men took control of it, they could take total control. That is what's happening in our world. All right. And as I always like to do, I want to end on a positive note. This time, I have a couple of videos that are very positive about you and how you need to think about yourself. All right. Listen to this. This first one's by Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee said, don't speak negatively about yourself, even as a joke. Your body doesn't know the difference. Words are energy and cast spells. That's why it's called spelling. Change the way you speak about yourself and you can change your life. What you're not changing, you're also choosing. This is so powerful. Don't ever speak negatively to yourself. Other people will do that all your life. And you, you have to figure out a way to deal with that. But don't you ever speak negatively to yourself. I am guilty. I will admit that 100%. I am my own worst critic. And I am going to really try and work on only feeding myself positive messages about myself, positive images of myself, positive comments about myself. I'm going to work my tail off to even get to the point where I do not think negatively about myself anymore. Because when you do that, you're choosing to be negative. And then the other quote was sent to me by a really dear friend of mine. And he knows how much I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. So this is Dr. Wayne Dyer talking about the most important part of the day. 
last five minutes of the day before you go to sleep at night are the most important five minutes of your day you are now going to go into your subconscious mind for the next eight hours and you're going to marinate there in those eight hours and you are going to now as you enter into your subconscious mind you can do one of two things you can review all of the things that you didn't like that didn't work that disappointed you or use those last five minutes to program into i am well I am healthy, I am content, I am peaceful. And so now you wake up and your subconscious mind, the universal subconscious mind, begins to offer you up experiences that match up to everything that you've placed in there. Man, do I love that. I mean, that just is inspired, in my opinion. The last five minutes of your day is the most important in your entire day because you're about to go into your subconscious mind for hours. That's where the magic happens, is in your subconscious mind. During the time of REM sleep, your conscious mind shuts down. Your subconscious mind takes over. And why would you feed your subconscious mind before it's going to have total control for hours? Negative thoughts. Negative things about what what went wrong in your day and how horrible your day was. That's not how you should go to sleep. You should go to sleep saying, I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy, if that's important to you. I am content. Those things you should feed yourself before you go to sleep. And then during your dreams, you'll be amazed at the kind of dreams you'll have. And believe me, I am just as guilty as you guys. I have been, you know, going over the the mistakes of the day right before I go to sleep. And I am not going to do that anymore. I am going to make a really conscious effort the last five minutes before I actually roll over and go to sleep is to meditate on the fact that I am happy, I am content, I am wealthy, I am inspired, I am uplifted. Those are the things I'm going to tell myself before I go to bed. And I'm expecting some really amazing things to happen with my dreams. So go on the journey with me. I think it'll help all of us. And that comes, that brings us to the end of another podcast. I know there's some discombobulated things that happened in this podcast. That's just my brain was working that way today. I hope it made some kind of sense, and I hope it was interesting and inspiring to you. Uh, I know there's definitely negative things, and I just want to bring those things to your attention, not to have you dwell on them, but to have you be aware of them. And believe me, next podcast, there's going to be more of that that you need to be aware of. If you agree or disagree with anything, I welcome all comments. Write me, Drew at the watchdogsbark.com. Or you're welcome to follow me on social media, TWD Bark on X. Now I guess it is. It used to be Twitter. Uh, the Watchdogs Bark on Facebook, The Watchdogs Bark on Instagram, TWD Bark on Getter, TWD Bark on Truth Social. So I'm all over. You can find me and follow me. And if you want to write comments to me on those platforms, feel free to do it. And like I said, if you want me to read them on the air, I will do that. I will never say your name unless you give me permission to do so. And with that, I want to say, and you know what I'm going to say, create an amazing day and please help me relay the bark.